Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, so, yeah, those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. We give ours away. Enjoy at freetalklive.com. Uh, we are all about your phone calls here. If you make them, we go to them. Otherwise, we start with things that are interesting to us. And I found a neat little article on one of my websites today, freekeen.com. Uh, this one by Nick. And I just thought it was so great. I wanted to share it with you. And it has to do with today. Today being Veterans Day. Oh, boy. And, of course, well, you're not going to hear what you would normally hear on any other show about Veterans Day today. You're not going to hear the uh, the standard, thanks for your service. And, in fact, that's what this is all about. Nick writes, this Veterans Day, like all others, you and I will hear that statement repeated countless times to the so-called men and women in service to our country. They're credited with keeping our country free and securing America from people who hate our way of life. But while security is important to a free society, the military that was established to defend the Constitution is currently undermining the bounds intended by the Founding Fathers by occupying over 150 countries with a U.S. military presence. There's no doubt that there are people in the world disgusted by the American people, but I'll leave it up to you to decide if they hate us for McDonald's and freedom or for a government that can't stay out of foreigners' lives. Despite the foreign and domestic threats to personal freedom, who is really responsible for the privileged life that many of us are lucky to live here? Is it the military? Or, as he says here, to the garbage collectors, custodians, entrepreneurs, and cleaning service, and others involved in keeping the rest of our homes and workplaces clean? Thank you for your service. To the mechanics, plumbers, electricians, roofers, painters, and others that have the skills to keep our cars safe, our appliances running, our buildings solid, and our lives better, thank you for your service. To the musicians, artists, filmmakers, actors, and others dedicated to providing entertainment in our homes and towns, thank you for your service. To the doctors, nurses, therapists, and the other hard-working members of the government-bogged, understaffed, over-demanded medical facilities of this country that offer invaluable care to Americans, thank you for your service. To restaurant owners, waiters and waitresses, fast food workers, chefs and managers who allow us to treat ourselves to a night eating out, thank you for your service. To preachers, counselors, funeral home workers, wedding, uh, wedding planners, financial advisors, and others that will stand and help in times of extreme grieving, happiness, or stress in our lives, thank you for your service. To truck drivers, factory production workers, loaders and unloaders, overnight stock boys, and others that keep products moving around the country, thank you for your service. To the volunteers of this country that donate their spare time to churches, charities, nonprofit organizations, and the less fortunate citizens in our society, thank you for your service. To the single parents, the workers of multiple jobs, those in less than comfortable living, and others that have learned the meaning of hard work just to pay a bill, thank you for your dedication and your service. And finally, to the city workers collecting property taxes from homeowners in debt, the state workers demanding vehicle registration for cars, people struggling uh, that struggle to keep running, 
the municipal workers who pass the buck on responsibility to the next higher bureaucrat in line and the rest of the people in this society whose income is derived from the collection or excuse me from the coercion of the rest isn't it time you served 800-259-9231. I don't know if he left anybody out there as far as uh, thanking them for their service. I thought it was quite I a complete list. I didn't hear advertising list. executives. <laughs> no, it, you know, it's it's the unsung advertising executive, you know? <laughs> no. Where would funeral the world directors? be? Did he mention funer- funeral directors? Uh, funer- yeah, funeral home workers. Okay, he did. good. He did. That's got to be a tough job. <laughs> So uh, so thank you uh, to Nick from, I think it was uh, Nick Ryder over at freekeen.com. For it's a great article. I, I think that, that he awesome. did it just right, too, yeah. because it's a landmine, this whole uh, uh, veterans, uh, you know, the armed forces served their country issue. You know, I um, one can one can uh, certainly step over that line, and I certainly have in the past, and and or one can be a uh, cow towing sycophant and uh, uh, you know wave the flag and and not speak what's on you know my, not speak the truth honestly, and I I think that uh, Nick did a really good job of uh, of thanking the people that make this country work right. Right. They're the people that are performing a valuable product or service to the economy. People are purchasing them on a voluntary basis. It's not to say that uh, the police aren't providing a valuable service. In many cases, they are. But in many cases, they aren't. They're providing something that is coercive. Uh, They're providing something that is hurting innocent people and peaceful people. Uh, You know, this this week, police might throw me in a cage uh, because of a couch in my yard, for instance, or in my, uh, my tenant's yard so so some of the government people actually provide a some level of service that could be desired in a free marketplace and you know for that that's appreciated but i don't appreciate being forced to pay for the services that i'm not interested in like the government indoctrination camps or the government military i for one am not interested in those services i do not uh, have any need for them in my life and it's not as though i am against education i'm all in favor of education just not government Education. I don't believe in what they teach, but yet I'm forcibly uh, extracted to the tune of 60% of the property taxes that I pay to pay for those services. And that's wrong. That's not service at all. That's stealing. And it's, it's I think, just not appreciated. I Thanks. think we'd be remiss in not uh, approaching the the. It's going to happen, right? Tonight somebody's going to call in. If if I don't say it here, someone's going to call in and say, "Boy." If it wasn't for the military, you'd be speaking German right now. Your name would be oh, Hans, and I'd be tonight. Franz. Yeah, it's more likely to happen on a Saturday night. Absolutely, it has happened. <laughs> We've heard that one before many times. Uh, you know, the first off, you have to look at each individual war because it's not the military; it's each individual war that the military has been used in, and you have to look at. Um, at them individually, and would it really have been the case? I mean, for one, that's the, it's always German, right? As though Hitler would have taken yeah. over. And I'm really interested in how he would have gotten those German troops over here to the United States to invade. Um, he was having a heck of a time. With I'm eight, sure all the Americans would have happily just started speaking German too. Right, right. right. <laughs> he would have had a heck of a. T- he was having a heck of a time with England. They put down their guns and start speaking German. Right sure, away. Uh, you our know, new leader. There, there are as many guns as there are Americans. Uh, I think it's 270 million. There's nine guns 
for every 10 Americans is okay. the, the last statistic I ever saw. And, and that was probably the guns that are counted, you know, not the, uh, not the many guns out there that are uh, uncounted. And you can believe that a great deal of our, our crooks and criminals that have unregistered guns out there, they'd pick up their guns to fight uh, in defense of this nation, too. And that's all we really ever needed was individuals and, and their right to bear arms. That's really all we ever needed to so-called protect the country from outside threats. Right. I mean, please, uh, if, if you can think of one, I, I'm interested in it. Uh, I, I, you know, it's always the, the easiest one to go to is Japan and the Pacific Theater of, uh, of World War II. Totally but, unnecessary. And it was a result of uh, the U.S. government's involvement in World War I. I mean, World War II probably never would have come about well, in the first place. I, while I, we may have had the Pacific Theater. I, I will agree with you that World War I definitely set the stage for World War II. I'm not sure you can make a blanket statement saying that Every war in U.S. history has been unnecessary if you want to avoid invasion. The War of 1812 is probably the best example. I mean, the British invaded and burned down the White House. Well, I didn't say there wouldn't necessarily after, be an invasion. After we declared war on them and they, um, for, for you know, waylaying merchant ships, is that correct? Now, Which what, is an act of war. I, I, now, somebody might be sneezing in a politician's directions, an act of war. Well, the, no, the, it's uh, not. Uh, there, there are, it, I, there I are actions. I believe the Spanish-American War was started over an insult. Um, so maybe you me, might I'm be right. But I'm not talking about the Spanish-American well, War. Point of an act of war. So an act of war is some kind of legal term that politicians use to justify what they well, do. Well, politicians, I mean, it's sort of a customary law, international law. Don't you think that, uh, that I have the right and obligation, uh, I, I have the obligation to protect myself once I leave the, um, the, the border? the confines of the nation. I, I, I can see the argument, but attacking shipping, I mean, to just toss it out the window, like, oh, well, attacking our shipping isn't an act of war. Uh, maybe not in your book, but that that is historically been an act of war. The shippers should uh, get themselves their own security service. Toll-free number for your thoughts on this or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. The number is 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Wait a minute. Let me try Nick again. And Nick. (laughs) And Mark. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. They include the live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, totally free, though right now the webcam's down, which, hey, you get what you pay for. Head over to freetalklive.com, listen.freetalklive.com, will get you right to the streams. That's listen.freetalklive.com. If you need legal work, uh, there's a website out there called LegalZoom.com. They're not lawyers, but... They were created by lawyers. As a matter of fact, one of them, uh, Robert Shapiro of O.J. Simpson fame. They do all kinds of things. They do incorporations, LLCs, wills, living trusts, living wills, powers of attorney, trademarks, patents, divorces, bankruptcy, all kinds of things. At leases. They, they have everything over at LegalZoom.com. It's fast and easy. They ask you questions and fill in the documents for you. I've done it for a will. It was fast. It was easy. You can save $10 off your order by using code FTL. That says in Free Talk Live, FTL, LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231. Started things out with an opinion piece 
which I considered absolutely excellent, from freekeen.com, which, of course, is a multi-user blog sort of promoting things generally in relation to activism and and freedom uh, here in the Keene, New Hampshire area. But from time to time, our bloggers will focus on a national level, and that's what Nick Ryder from the Ryder Report did today with his essay, Thank You for Your Service, taking the time to really thank all of those people in a society that make our lives so much better, that are providing wonderful products and services on a voluntary basis to their customers and their prospective customers, whereas these government people that we're all supposed to be so in awe of are, some of them are providing a service, but they're not doing it voluntarily, and that's not very appreciated. Uh, In fact, the military service is one that I would say uh, is completely useless. It's not something at all that is beneficial to a free society. In fact, the founding fathers, many of them were quite frightened of the idea of a standing military. Um, The Constitution was written explicitly to exclude that. Uh, you were only supposed, they were only supposed to form a military or an, ar- an army at the times in which they were supposedly needed to defend from some sort of invading threat, for instance. And then two years at a time. They had to re-up it every right. um, two years. Now they're just, as a matter of course, re-up- re-upping it constantly. We're in, um, he said 150. I, I, you know, the, the, wor- the verbiage he used was a little uh, odd, so I'm not exactly sure. But I know for certain we have 100 and, uh, we're in 131 out of 170. Something UN member states, and we uh, have seven hundred over seven hundred foreign military bases. Come on. Well, when you say we, you mean the U.S. federal government, because I myself would want nothing to do with that. I do not voluntarily fund the federal government, so it's not me, and it may not be you. You may not want to be involved either, but if you're working at a corporate job, odds are good you're paying for it, because they're probably automatically taking money out and withholding it and sending it over to those federal guys. You know, and um, we've we've, we've read in the past lists of most dangerous jobs in the United States, and I don't recall on that list uh, anything showing up like... Like a police officer or a firefighter or um, no, it was not the military not or anything like that. No. But when you think about you know it's like uh, tele or electrical linemen, uh, taxi drivers, uh, you know things like that. Those guys. Now, do they get the uh, the, the funerals and the parades and the the guys with uh, the twenty one guns? They sure don't. The, in fact, if they were to die in a train crash with a cop, the cop would be taken out in, you know in a twelve man procession, whereas the rest of them would be thrown into the same dumpster and hauled away. That's li- that's literally happened before, where a, where a government police officer was completely treated different than the rest of the victims of a, of a train crash. I was just saying the dumpster sounded a bit of a like hyperbole. Well, I, I did I don't know how they carted away the other victims, but it was definitely not the pomp and the circumstance that the cop got. You know, I wonder about the uh, the uh, medical treatment of of people in in that circumstance. I mean, if it's like a cop, and then you know your average Joe, is the cop going to get preferential treatment from uh, the EMS people who are likely employed by the the city, state, uh, uh, county, or whatever? Doesn't seem like you're going out on a limb there. I would say they probably would. So. These are our servants. These are that's um, what they to, claim. Right. Today this is the day that we um, use to celebrate our servants, who get treated far better than we do. And right, we are they need another day. Right. It's like every day is their day because they're getting money um, based on not a you know not a voluntary choice from their clients. Many of them, um, as you've said before, many many uh, public servants do provide very important services. However, it's the funding. The funding screwed up because, well, we're forced to pay rather than get to pay. 
notice that uh, there's probably not as many Learjet sales going on uh, this month as there were, you know, a couple of years ago. When things were better in the economy, people were buying more Learjets. Mm-hmm. When it's worse, uh, people aren't. Nobody's taking a pay cut in many of the uh, the, the in, in all of the um, government services out there because they don't have to. They get your taxes one way or the other. Whether you like it or not. And if you don't want to pay for their services, they might come along and serve you right out of your right out on your ass into the street and take you out of the house. Or right into How a cell. That? How about that for service? Uh, don't don't pay for the uh don't pay for the, the military guys and see if you don't end up in a cell. All right, toll-free, 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on this? We are having some trouble, uh, I think, with the amp lines. Our our man, uh, Michael Hampton from HomelandStupidity.us, I believe he has them back online, so we're going to try this here. We're going to go on screen to the amp lines. Who's this? Alex from New Jersey. Alex, what's on your mind tonight? I want to – I've been listening to the show yesterday, and uh, you guys were talking about the taxes. Okay. And I'm wondering how far you and Mark are willing to go in protecting yourself if you decide not to pay federal income tax. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, for example, uh, people in New Hampshire generally carry, uh, carry firearms openly, right? Some do. The generally, the it's not is so. How, how, how serious are they willing to do it? Or are they just doing it to make a point? For example, are you talking if, about are we willing to blast away at the IRS when they come to try to uh, throw us in cages? Let's say it's 4 a.m. and you see that your door has been bashed in and men with guns are coming to uh, to come get your family because you didn't pay income tax. The question is, are you going to actually use those weapons to defend yourself? As soon as you well, odds are weapon, good they're not going to be after uh, the family members. They're going to be after you. And it would seem to me that uh, I would rather live to fight another day than go out in a in a blaze of gunfire. Nick, your thoughts? Um, that would be up to the individual, I would say. Your I mean, thoughts? I, I, what would you do? I think you're justified. I, what you, would you, I do? I don't know. But you, you're I, up against a SWAT team. You might be justified in firing back, but your ass is going to die. Um... That's well. I don't know what I would do. You and kill I, one of at those four cops. Four o'clock in the morning. This is the thing. This is what. But who the gun do I know? Pol- how do I know who they are? This the is what the gun polishers wait for. The fact is, it is going to be at four o'clock in the morning. You're not going to know. You have to have your gun ready. And I don't know about. I mean, in in my particular case, it's illegal for a, uh, a convicted felon to to own a gun. Period. So there must not be one at my house. I, I can have a crossbow, but I don't think that's underneath my pillow. I don't know if the IRS really does this, by the way. I mean, well, I, I would seem they, they are issued firearms, and they so, will go all the way. They but did the kick is, in the door of that one restaurant in uh, that they mentioned in uh, Freedom to Fascism. Hang on, Alex. We'll bring you back. I thought that it might have been Puke because he was on the line with us. Uh, so hang on to everybody that's on the line. We will get to you at 800-259-9231. Uh, we hopefully will hear from Puke tonight. A, uh, an actual veteran on his thoughts on Veterans Day. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. What would you do in Alex's situation? One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those, including the updates on us. Head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. 
And we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates dot freetalklive.com and SACL CAI has a full uh, full orbed approach to account recovery it's really three companies in one they do collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you their staff is respectful they record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so your business is handled as efficiently as possible see their banner at freetalklive.com Again, that's SACL CAI talking about a hypothetical situation that Keeps a lot of people up at night, I think. Uh, a lot of people are, are very worried about something like this happening to them. And I mean, it's it's possible that it could happen, not necessarily over what Alex is suggesting it could happen. Uh, Alex's suggestion was, well, you've decided to stop paying federal taxes, and at 4 a.m. an armed goon squad kicks in the door. What do you do? And the question uh, actually still has yet to be answered. Nick, you weren't didn't sound so uh, sure. Um, to... Now that I've had the break to think about it, I would say that, uh, the only reason really to use a firearm to defend yourself is if not defending yourself is going to result in something worse. So if you're going to go up against armed federal agents and you have a firefight with them, even if you knock down all what, however many guys are raiding your house, 10 of them, let's say. They got you, more. You're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're almost certain Now you're to a be, cop killer. Right. You're almost certain to be caught. I mean, you can go off into the realm of fantasy, but you're going to be going caught. Going down in a blaze of glow. You certainly be, are not <laughs> going to enjoy the lifestyle you once lived. Well, you'll either – you'll probably be executed – after a stint in a cage. No, or you'll, you'll be, be executed on site. That's well, usually how it works when a cop dies. Usually. You the may. cops come after yeah. you, and they, if you're just a suspect, they execute you. There is no trial. Right. And th- that may happen, but even if you get the trial, I mean, that's almost worse. You have to, you're, you're going to be on death row. So you're not going to gain anything by it, and it's not as if your actions there are going to single-handedly overturn the you know the workings of state it's not right, as if just, you're, they're you're, picking they'll pick another victim and right. go after them you're not a one-man revolution so you're you know it's not as if you can say well we're taking up arms against an oppressive government i mean you are but you're not going to you know there's no chance that you're going to affect change but what about the point and it's a valid point about the fact that there are many people that are not looking to throw you in a cell when they're coming into your home they might be an, a different armed gang a non-governmental armed, armed gang that may be looking to do you harm i mean it seems actually less likely that an armed gang like that is going to come do those things but, yeah it does it does seem that way but uh I, I you know and i totally get that i think that if you're talking about uh you know bad the, the real live bad guys that pretty much everybody would call bad guys shoot them but how do you know how do you if know? they're shouting police, how do you know? If it's 4 a.m., you're just out of I'll a dead you, sleep. Having been in – well, at, at 4 a.m., there's not much you're going to do. And that's that's a rarity even in, in any world. You um, mean as far as your effectiveness against an armed gang the, being it's, it's sleepy? Rare, it's, it's rare that they do that, the uh, 4, 4 a.m. kick the in. The armed usually, gang? Yeah, usually it's a, uh, the home invasion where they get you to come to the door and then uh, pull a gun on you and for, um, force their way in at that That's point. true. Usually the armed gang doesn't have a concrete battering ram in their – uh, repertoire. The one thing that, the one thing that does make me wonder about how I would react, though, is that we're living in some pretty dangerous times, as far as the government's concerned, and you never really know. It's always been in the back of my mind. I've actually thought of this scenario, and it'll probably never happen. Hopefully, it never will. Um, but if they do come for you, how do you know exactly what they're coming for? I mean, especially if you're someone like myself who is vocal about, you know tearing down the state yeah what are they are they coming just to to serve you for like tax evasion or a you know a delinquent traffic ticket or, or is it a drug charge or are they or are they hauling you off to gitmo i mean you really don't know these days it's true you don't um but 
it's just such a lose-lose situation. Well, um, this is where I think the pacifists really have it. Um, I'm not a pacifist from the sense that I believe that uh, uh, you know the, 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 the obvious criminals should be the ones that uh, you know are, are spared violence. I don't think so. But when it comes to the government, I don't think there's any winning situation as far as yeah. uh, you know the average person. At least, at least not in current modern-day America. There is no winning against the well, government. Well, not so as an individual, certainly. They're Tell me where somebody's won. I mean, you know, come up with a scenario. Give me something. The uh, so I say, always be peaceful. Never, uh, you know, you you should never carry a gun. Never be threatening towards a, a police officer because it's just not going to result in anything good. So I'm going to go back and bring Alex back here for your thoughts on all that. Go ahead, sir. The, the, really, the question is, if you're going to have the firearm, if every time you pull it out, you're going to go to jail then why, what's the point of even having it? And when I say that, if you point a gun at a federal officer, you can either be killed or you can go to jail for a long time by just pointing it at them. So what's the point of even having it other than you looking really good for the ladies? You know, Common I mean? criminals, I would guess. I mean, well, the point uh, we open, Are you talking about open carrying? Are you questioning why one would open carry? No. I don't think so. Well, not not, not why would... Well, the question is, why have the gun if... Why have it, period? If... For the most part, the most likely people to come and barge to your door is the government. What's the point of carrying it if, when you do have to pull it out, you're going to go to jail for a long time, and it might be worth it to be dead than to go to jail? Common criminals, I, I would, I would the, say. With, oh, well, the, the, the less common criminals. I, I guess government's more common than the average criminal, but those who aren't government. I did want. I mean, personally, I think there there is a point where you you should make a stand and where there there is a, a point at which you should revolutionize I agree even with if that. it takes violence. I mean, honestly, they're not just... I mean, Nazi Germany's kind of a tired example, but Eastern Bloc... What about um, a military... Yeah, you, I mean, you know, military I mean, police state where they're doing house-to-house searches, raping women, uh, stealing people's things. I don't think we'll ever see it. I don't, in, in the sense that um, we will not recognize that that is the case. Well, that's the, the average problem. person will not recognize it as a police state, so therefore it will not matter. In uh, the Eastern Bloc, they did not... I'm sure they must have had guns somewhere, right? They didn't pick them up, and they well, didn't they, fight against the they, Soviet they, Union. They did. Well, by that the white faction fought the Reds during the Civil War, and they just lost. So they fought the communists for a few but, years. Yeah, but, right. but that was in the beginning. I mean, right. when, at that point, they right. are oppressed, and no one yeah. picked up, you know, I mean... I still just, think there's a hill to... I, I think there is uh, a hill to die on, but I don't, I, you know, I don't think we're at that point now. It's so hard to, uh, to also to discern at which, you know, when we will reach that point. I mean, because well, everybody's going to have a different... Yeah, everybody's going to have a different point in their mind, and, you know, some people might be talking with one another about it, and uh, others might be frightened to even say something to other people for fear of being snitched out. So, I mean, how do you organize a plan in a situation like that it's very very touchy how do you get your hands on the weapons if you are in a police state obviously the underground would probably be active there would be people within the government that would be facilitating things like that so it would be a situation to be very uh, very interesting one i don't want to ever reach uh, one that i don't want to ever have to experience uh, but if it got to that point, then we're not talking about the cops just breaking in on an overnight. Then we're talking about an active resistance force that would be planning strikes against the government people. So, but then, then when you have organized violence, then we're no better than the government because we're going to look to the leaders who lead that, and then they're going to set up their own government. So th- I think that if I move to New Hampshire, there's a very good chance that I may not live very long. What? Well, I don't know why you have that particular viewpoint. Why would you uh, move to New Hampshire to do it? Yeah, it sounds kind of paranoid. Well, no, it's it's because I feel very strongly about the uh, the liberty viewpoint and the the problem. Oh, 
I think we've been having some trouble with the lines here tonight. Thanks for the call, Alex. 800-259-9231. I don't know if you want to come here with the intention to, you know, go down in a blaze of glory. And I don't think that was what he was saying his intention was necessarily. I think he's just getting she, he's getting into an easy, paranoid place to be. I think he's I mean, having a rough night. Yeah, when you, when you love liberty so much and you see all of the violations of freedom all around you, it can be overwhelming when you see innocent, peaceful people being thrown into cages over the most benign things, carrying a bag of marijuana or driving too fast, not paying the fine, whatever it is that they've done that didn't hurt anybody else. When you see all this injustice perpetuated by the people that are purported as the ones that are supposed to be out there protecting and serving you, it can be quite frustrating, quite outrageous, and difficult to deal with. You know, you, you feel like if you speak out, then you're going to be targeted. You feel as though that the government people that are so evil in your book are going to come after you next. It's an easy place to be, and I understand where he is. But it doesn't work. It is not a system that works. It only makes it worse um, for those that live beyond you, um, that, would, that would want to carry on the torch of freedom. Plus, there's just no reason to be there uh, mentally in the first place. There's no reason to get worried and concerned about what might occur. We all know what depredations the government is capable of, and I'd like to come back and address this in moments. You can take control as well. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up whatever you want is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. Hey, Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, we need you to vote for us at vote.freetalklive.com. The voting competition this month is hot, as it has been in recent months, and so we need your vote now more so than ever. Please go to vote.freetalklive.com. Take less than a minute and cast your vote for the show. All you need is your email address, and it won't be sold or spammed. It's just used for verification purposes to make sure you're a real, live human being actually participating in the voting process. So uh, go to vote.freetalklive.com. It makes a big difference for us when you help us out over there. Again, vote.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Uh, did, Alex did call back during the break to clarify his position uh, off the air. He just wanted to tell me that uh, he is not intending to instigate uh, trouble as far as like blowing, blasting the cops or whatever when he gets here. Uh, he is just he believes it might be too late to stop. Uh, the depredations of the state or the uh, the devolving to uh, to a totalitarian dictatorship. Well, it's it's never too late because I mean, look at all the totalita- totalitarian dictatorships that have ex- existed in the past. They all disappeared. Uh, so, but largely because of an outside government or an internal rebellion. Most most empires and police states tend to fall not just. You know, from p- individual citizens convincing them peacefully that oh, they're, they're evil and they need to reform. Their understood. Uh, I, I I don't see much evidence that uh, of a, a government being convinced peaceably, uh, you know, against growth or and more freedom at all. I just don't. You know, that doesn't seem that has doesn't seem to have happened. It's not going to stop me from try, from uh, trying to get more freedom, trying to use this process in this, you know, this this country that, that to some extent is unique in its history of liberty. 
I, you know, I I think that there's I think there's worth it's worth trying. Um, Absolutely, I think that there's this familiar feeling of dread that many liberty activists have, and I think that's what Alex is experiencing. I myself have experienced it in the past. Uh, people, when you when you're looking at the how awful the state is to people, to harmless peaceful people, and when you look at the the big picture and you can see that it's growing in its intrusiveness and its oppressiveness, it can be very frustrating and seem seem very hopeless. And so if that's the place that he's in, I understand it. I've been there. Uh, but at the same time, I would say that it's not healthy to be there. There's no point in allowing yourself to stay in that particular mindset. This is the mindset, this defeatism mindset that infects so many people, not just liberty lovers, but uh, you know, like, like a lot of the fringe conspiracy people out there are infected by this mindset. They may understand that they think the government is evil, but they also feel powerless to do anything about it. And if you get that powerless feeling like, well, even if I move to New Hampshire, it'll be too late anyway, it won't really matter matter we're all going to die the government's going to throw us all in gulags they're going to set their state on fire drop nuclear weapons you know whatever it is that the evil act, whatever evil act the government people will, will perpetrate you can go you can go crazy thinking about all of the terror that they could strike into uh, the, the people in new hampshire and any activists around the world you you go nuts if you believe that's the direction things are going um so you might as well just put that aside and try to stay positive about the future of liberty there's no reason not to otherwise you're just going to worry yourself to death you're going to stay up late you're going to feel sick you're going to be upset right. why be in that place you I mean, need why to move on you need to move on and think about something else or uh you know change your mindset on this because it's just not going to do anything good you can think that you know you can say oh ian you and your law tr- law of attraction nonsense what a bunch of poppycock you know but it doesn't hurt to take to take a positive outlook on things it, it doesn't hurt to uh, put yourself in the mindset of we are winning we're going to win. Uh, Liberty is on the rise. Liberty is spreading. We have the internet on our side. We have this wonderful ability to to talk about freedom and liberty in a way that uh, that we can be heard in a way that in no one else in the history of mankind has ever been able to be heard. We have uh, the way uh, the, the internet that allows us to leverage this message across so many other ears, whereas before it would have just been people whispering behind the scenes to one another. There's so many reasons to be excited about what's going on. You can look at the examples of how the activists here in New Hampshire are having early success. There have been some se- some setbacks, no doubt about it. Our friend Lauren Canario thrown in federal prison for 30 days uh, yesterday. So I wouldn't call that a setback. It you wouldn't call it a setback. Okay, well, for, it's her intention. That's true. She did want that to happen. I mean, was Gandhi going to prison in the uh, the? Uh, I, I don't want to use the term freeing of India because it wasn't freed. It was, uh, it, you know, becoming independent. Um, in India's fight to become independent, was Gandhi being put in prison a setback? Good point. I see where it was part from. of the plan. So, so, and there you go, Mark. Thank you for being positive uh, about something that others might look and see as a as a negative event. And I think it's important to think not just not just in terms of what, uh, not just in terms of the state. You know, there's hope. But you also want to think about what you're in favor of as opposed to what you're against. Because a lot of liberty activists mm, yeah. spe- think about things in terms of trying to slow down the state, which to a large extent is what liberty activism has managed to do so far, which is slow down the growth of the state. But think when you have a success, think about it as a success, not just a delay or buying time, which I, I feel a lot of people look at it in that light. You're like, oh, well, we've managed to slow them down. Well, the, if you hadn't been active, you wouldn't have slowed them down. So you've had a success even as the state's expanding in, in a certain sense. 
Um, so I think it's important to just keep a positive outlook on what you've actually accomplished. I think that's an excellent point, and I think that more liberty uh, activists need to keep this in mind, especially because it's so easy to get bummed out. When you hear the bad news, it's so easy to think that this is it. This is hopeless. Why am I even bothering? Well, you're bothering because, damn it, that's what we have to do. There's nothing – I mean, I don't think there's anything um, more worth fighting for besides your loved ones. I mean, besides the people that you care the most about, and that is essentially what you're doing when you're standing up for liberty because you understand that if you stand aside and do nothing, it will get worse for certain. It will get worse, and then eventually that's gonna, that getting worse is going to come down upon you and your loved ones. So by standing up and fighting for liberty and act, you know, being active for freedom, you are defending the freedom of the people that you care about the most, and of course, number one, you. So, uh, so it seems to me that this is the most imp- the press, this is the most pressing thing that we can possibly do with our free time is to get active in this way and to help talk about freedom to as many people as we possibly can, so as to stave off the growth of the state, turn it around and achieve liberty in our lifetime. It can be done if we stay positive about it, get as many people to the same geographic location as possible, which is the point of the Free State Project. We'll talk more about that later. And, uh, and you know, again, stay positive and move forward. We can do this. If you don't believe that to be the case, why bother trying? Let's continue with your phone calls here and go to Puke in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Puke. Hey, I'm actually here this time. You are, and you're on the amp line. Go ahead, sir. Yes, and uh, what I wanted to call in about was Veterans Day, because uh, I am a veteran of the two current wars that are going on right now, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it really uh, kind of depresses me on Veterans Day whenever all I hear on, like, radio and TV is, thanks to troops, thanks to troops, blah, blah, yep. you know, um, and it's kind of nice, to, I guess, to be a troop and not get spit in the face like the Vietnam veterans did or whatever, but, you know, it's it's just a, a little little ridiculous whenever people say, you know, uh, all, all the troops died for your freedom and all that crap. Because I, I really, w- I wish I could figure out a way to do it, but it's, it would just be too long. But to make a list of all the freedoms that I've lost since I joined the military from 2000 to 2006. Really? Can you give I us a handful be, of them? Some examples? Well, I mean, you know, there's the big ones like Patriot Act. Uh, hmm. You know, the 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 uh, Military Commissions Act, Guantanamo Bay. Um, the fact that the wars are going on, you know, they're spying on Americans. There's uh, the NSA. Right, yeah, that's what you uh, fought NSA, for? The, uh, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, those are the freedoms I fought for. I still can't smoke marijuana if I want to. I can't uh, I can't uh, go out and buy alcohol without having an ID card and permission yep. and being old enough and all this crap. And uh, and also, I always, I always get depressed because nobody ever mentions the fact that, uh, you know, let's lament the fact that uh, the government's, have killed millions of people in the last century alone sure by have. starting these wars for no good reason. You know, the current war does not have to be going on. Um, it's just, it's, it's all just uh, for political goals and gaining for politicians. Well, so I, for one, I uh, to... Puke, would like to take a moment to thank you for taking the time and uh, the effort in your life to move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and get active for liberty. Probably uh, one of the greatest services to uh, mankind beyond you know your normal day job uh, that uh, that you've done. And I want to thank you for for being here and doing what you do. Well, thank you, and uh, thank you to you guys too as well, and Nick for being a native and, and you know joining us. Do you think it's hopeless? But, uh... Puke, do you think it's hopeless, like Alex suggested earlier? No, I have my moments like anyone else, though, where I sort of get like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to turn out, but I don't think it's hopeless. You know, you, you have to have hope in something, and I, I feel like we are accomplishing something, and it's you just have to realize that it's it's going to be a long-term project. Uh, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, and 
you just have to stay positive and uh you know, take what victories you can. Absolutely. And you know what? I have to add that I think that as far as staying positive is concerned, being around like-minded people helps a lot with that. Thanks, Puke, for the call. I mean, if you can go, as we do here uh, on a, a weekly basis, uh, meet up with other like-minded liberty activists, just sort of a recharge session. You know, if you're getting bummed out, go be around people that think like you do, and uh, you'll feel better. Especially if they're thinking positively, then they'll, their positive thinking will infect you. Whereas if you're all alone in a uh, wash in statism, that's got to be frustrating. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We start things out by going to your phone calls. That's the purpose of the program. We'll start with Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Frank in New York, going once. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey there. Hey, Frank. Uh, yeah, I wanted to make a couple comments. Uh, one, I think the uh, essay saluting the service of individuals, uh, you know, was very well done, but we forgot to put on the philosophers and the intellectuals I, I, who function as critics of the culture and who create the ideas and incubate the ideas that turn into big concepts like freedom and egalitarianism. Good point, I agree. Frank. And cultural critique. Uh, secondly, there are many the, – the history of international law over 500 years evolved from maritime law to specific uh, relationships between states. And if you go back to Bishop's text on international law, cases and materials, uh, you go into basically what are the incidents that through treaty have been defined as violations of sovereignty that can actually be acts of war. So legally, when you go to war, you want to comply with the law so that after the war, you're not uh, brought to trial, you know, as a war criminal or as a, uh, you know, a criminal state. And we saw that in Germany with the Nuremberg trials and things. So those are very important concepts that exist, and we should all be, you know, aware of them. And the material is there. We still have access freedom of access to, you know, those texts and things that are very influential. But I wanted to raise a different concept uh, regarding freedom. I've heard, a, we've, over the years, we've talked about, you know, the founding fathers and various philosophers from uh, Rome and ancient Greece uh, regarding what constitutes freedom. And by practicing it in New Hampshire, you're doing something very interesting. I wanted to raise a point. If we go back to... Uh, Herbert Marcuse's work, Eros and Civilization, he argued for a new politics that would strive towards freedom, what he called absolute egalitarianism. And it wasn't necessarily founded on heavy-duty philosophical concepts of, you know, uh, Western Europe or the ancient uh, cultures of Greece and Rome, but rather on individualism, hedonism. Hey, sounds good to me. (laughs) <laughs> and a cultural relativism that allowed all of these to coexist, and by satisfying the individual needs, therefore the cultural needs of the state would be satisfied. And sadly, too many people 
uh, misread uh, Marcuse, and they sort of... I don't know if too many people Marcus. read Marcuse. Yeah, I haven't misread him, I can assure you of that. <laughs> no, no, but what's interesting about it, that text, I think, should be reread now. It's about 54 years since it was first published. Well, thank you for and the suggestion, I Frank. I think it could have a tremendous influence because Marcuse never felt or never contemplated, you know, an electronic... Uh, interactive culture that we sure. have with the digital Who would have imagined world. how the uh, the Internet would change everything as it has? I thank you, Frank, for the call tonight. I mean, the Internet is the reason why we're here today, period. I mean, the, the reason, I mean, it's the base reason. Obviously, the reason is because somebody used the Internet as a tool to organize certain things in order to happen, but the things that happened as a result would not have happened were it not for the Internet. Uh, Free Talk Live would never have, uh, you know, probably never would have existed because we would never have been able to keep the show going when we got, you know, removed from our first radio station. And we certainly never would have necessarily yeah. been picked up by uh, by a national syndicator or anything like that. Seems very very unlikely. Seems like many of the things we've accomplished on just this radio show have been as a result of the internet. We never would have had the AMP program. Never would have been able to have the uh, the listeners um, get financially get behind the show to help us out to get on more radio stations. Of course, the internet and its competitive uh, technologies have have uh, brought costs down as far as delivering information is concerned. So satellite access is cheaper now because of the internet and. That's Sort of thing. I think I think you're right. It it seems likely that uh, that that you know the the delivery of the show like like likely the show wouldn't have lasted long enough to even get to the amplifiers um, and the the podcast listeners have been you know they're they're a huge bulwark in uh, bolstering uh, free talk live I, they don't they don't pay you know amplifiers don't pay us money we have to get that for, through advertising yep. however they help us run the business. Um, and you know that money's set aside for advertising, marketing, and promoting Free Talk Live. But then we're free to just make money for ourselves, essentially. It's done so much uh, to allow our listeners to help find other listeners, and you know th- whether it be through posting on a message board or just sharing information, sending out, designing flyers, posting them for others to use, sharing ideas as to how to get other ideas of just liberty in general, as well as Free Talk Live out there. Of course, it certainly benefited you, Nick, over at FreeMindsTV, FreeMindsTV.com. That's where you got your start. I mean, if it weren't for the Internet, uh, there may not have ever been a FreeMindsTV. It it would have just been a public access show in Keene, New Hampshire, and most likely, you know, maybe a couple other stations, but... That's it. And it probably, you know, the show wouldn't have grown the way it has and we wouldn't have done a radio spinoff. Certainly that would have been something that we we jumped into an Internet only podcast because there was no barrier to entry, essentially. Right. And it's built itself into a radio show. So that wouldn't have happened without the Internet. Sure. And, you know, you could even go back and say that if it weren't for the Free State Project, Free Minds TV probably never would have even come about uh, because Toby, uh, the the guy that originally founded the show, he comes on from time to time on Free Talk Live, but you're normally here. Uh, but your your co-host, Toby, found Free Talk Live on the Internet, and then we moved here to Keene, New Hampshire, and that was part of the inspirational process that helped him uh, go to create Free Minds TV. I actually believe it was uh, a gentleman by the name of Roger Grant that actually really spearheaded the start of Free Minds TV by sort of planting the idea in uh, in Toby's head. But Roger would never have known Toby if it weren't for the Free State Project and having all these wonderful activists move here to New Hampshire, getting together. And, and again, that brainstorming process that goes on when you get these liberty activists together is... It's something I'd never experienced before, and it's here constantly in New Hampshire. So what, what other you know, wonderful things have happened? We, we can't even qualify them all or quantify them all. There's just been so many things that have stemmed out from this wonderful tool known as the Internet. 
So I don't even know where we're going with uh, this lavishing love upon the Internet, but uh, <laughs> it really has been a major catalyst for change in the liberty movement. It's, it may be, you know, we may look back and say that the Internet was what allowed the tides to change, was what, uh, you know, allowed statism to, to begin uh, declining at one point and having individual liberty on the rise. It may very well be that one technology you know, that I, was the catalyst it's, for it. Um, it's, it's interesting. I was, uh, you know, I'm sorry I don't have uh, these everything off the top of my head, but there was a guy who basically in uh, ancient Egypt created something like a steam engine. Uh, it was more or less a novelty, uh, apparently, but he did it out of a pig's bladder and hmm. um, things like that. I can't remember the gentleman's name. It seems like it was a single syllable. But anyway, somebody will email it to me and tell me later. And in uh, Gre- uh, Italy or Greece, uh, they they built a, uh, a track system to push carts from one side of oh, yeah. one sea to another. If they could have taken these two pieces of technology, imagine what things would have been because of... Because of communication. See how communication, uh, dis, the, the lack of communication disallowed right. these things to get together. If they'd lived next door to one another, it might have worked out. But right. because they, it might have. And yeah. if they had the Internet, it might have worked out. So if they could have got these two things together, you would have had a steam engine uh, before Christ. That would have made a very different world. So Absolutely. Uh, communication, it really, it, you know, it, it speeds the change of everything. Sure does. And it's important to remember that you can get news now and information from other individuals or from independent media sources, Mm -hmm. and there isn't a media monopoly in the way that there once was. I mean, you can get news from somewhere other than ABC or NBC or CBS. The competition in the world of information has made the information better, though, of course, you can look at the mainstream media, and I don't know if they've really gotten that much better, but they have competition now for uh, for the first time, and... I think you could probably look back and say, yeah, they might be a little well, better now. Th- they may not get better, but that's the thing. I mean, print newspapers are struggling to stay in business, as they I sure understand are. it. sure The Christian Science Monitor just switched to a weekly format to cut costs. Well, uh, online format, completely. They've, they've stopped printing. Really? Are yeah, you um, sure about yeah, that? I'm, I'm absolutely certain about this. NPR was all over with it. Wow. Um, they weren't printing that many editions. They had gone from like 700,000 to 50,000. Newsrooms have been slashing staff all across the country. And the, the Christian Science Monitor is this like it's got reward it's after reward it's, it's a hugely respected newspaper we've used some of their content on this show uh, 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line you can take control of the airwaves you can bring up whatever you want so this all kind of ties back into the conversation we were having last hour about being positive staying positive about the future of liberty there's a lot of reasons to be uh, positive about what's coming next more on the way you can take control this is Free Talk Live This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. And get interactive. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. Sex with the Virgin Mary. She has waited long enough. And Jimmy Cahill, boozing, carousing cabbie, um, has been, a, a boozing, carousing cabbie has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a great read. Informative on the legal process and sure to damn author Charles Webb to hell. Get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or go to SexWithTheVirginMary.com. You can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb on the FTL podcast coming up 
on, on Saturday, the 22nd, sexwiththevirginmary.com. 800-259-9231. Going to go in a, uh, an unusual direction uh, into the realm of the mes- metaphysical here in a moment uh, with near-death experiences becoming a little more scientific than they ever have been in the past. Uh, science sort of discovering or possibly discovering some very interesting things about the nature of uh, consciousness itself. But first, we go to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Paula in Florida. Going once. Paula in Florida. Hello? This ge- Hi, this gentleman that was just on, um, he was talking about the IRS. The IRS is not even federal. It is the International Monetary Fund. And uh, But anyway, um, the thing is, uh, this thing that this government's just done, um, sending out $2 trillion to, to somebody, they won't even tell us who they're giving it to. What's this all about? I, I'm not, are either you, you gentlemen aware this? of this? I, have you heard of this? What's uh, going on? Yeah, the Federal Reserve just handed out $2 trillion, and they won't tell people. Who they gave oh, it to. I have heard that. Yeah, and, I thought it was uh, the Treasury, but yeah. I think that the people of this country, we're not going to pay for this. You're not. I mean, this, well, this I'm sorry to say that if you're using Federal Reserve notes, Paula, you are paying for it. Well, it's what I'm saying is, is that this has got to come to a stop. They've got I'll to agree take with that. Federal Reserve out of their hands and federalize it like it's supposed to. No, be. no, 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 no. Yeah, I think you should shut it down. They've made some... something to you, okay? When you federalize it, it's going to. Pay for the government. It will pay for state government. It will eliminate a lot of taxes. The international forecaster said this is the best thing we could do. And but anyway, you're um, saying take it out of uh, the private banks' hands and put it into the hands of the, the federal pri- government. No, it doesn't belong to the private banks. It belongs to a family. Okay, mm, I don't know. And about it that. does not. It belongs to the president's family. But anyway, mm, the thing is, like is that uh, we need to federalize it. Okay? The money is going into. So when you say hands. federalize, you mean give it to the federal government and have them yeah. control it? Why do you think yeah. that would be a better situation? He than said what we have? financially, this would be one of the best things we could do. No, well, just because somebody gets on the radio and says well, it's a good idea. Well, this guy knows what he's talking about. Okay? I see. I mean, the international forecaster. This is a pretty smart guy. Okay. Matter of fact, he's the one should, that should be in charge of our economy. I but don't anyway. know if anybody should be in charge I, I would, of the economy. I, mean, you know, I, I will agree that you know it would be better off to you know if the government were to produce money in the way that it's constitutionally obligated to do so, we'd be a lot better off than having the Federal Reserve System, which is a sort of semi-privatized system, but not really. It's a corporate system where the the, the profits, essentially, the American taxpayer is paying paying back interest on loans from international bankers, and so. It it is a worse system that we have right now. Um, ultimately, I don't know that the, there's any need to have the government involved in the coining of money. But well, you said this would be better. All right, Paula. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'd like to hear a bit more about this. I've heard. Uh, I've, I've, I've federalizing I've, the Federal Reserve. I've, I've heard about it talked and, and and some of the advantages. I'd like to hear some of the disadvantages. People well, it would know be more unconstitutional, right? I mean, if they if they took over a system of fiat currency, that would be unconstitutional, would no, it not? Not but, correct. Um, well. The state governments are only allowed to uh, issue money in gold and silver. Oh, really? The federal. That's what the unfortunately that's what the constitution. The, the says. states are supposed to pay their bills. In gold or silver to the federal government. So I thought the federal government was supposed to coin money in gold and silver. No. Uh, the case? Well, they are supposed to coin money. In gold and silver. Wasn't that the, the no. specified? No? No. Unfortunately, no. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I think Mark is right here. So then here. it could be done then. Uh, I don't know if we'd be necessarily any better off with the federal government running the operation as opposed to the bankers. I mean, it's still I, the I same good old boys that, network. P- people that desire power will go after that, uh, you know, that same yeah. system. I don't know, you know, I don't know how it um, would work exactly. 
But I'd, I'd be interested in seeing, hearing some debates on that. It seems to me like it'd be the same old folks, just in different, you know, reorganizing what, the deck chairs of the Titanic. It, it would. I mean, the only reason I can see for how it would be better is if the government was going to essentially take it over in the process of shutting it down. So we have a plan, and we're going to nationalize you for the 18-month period where like we are Like if you put Ron Paul out. in charge of it, then it would work right. out. But otherwise. I, otherwise, I could see the government being just as secretive and just as manipulative as the current system is. Because if the government really wanted to, they do have some oversight over the Federal Reserve System. Um, from what I understand, they just don't exercise it very much. Even the powers that they do have, they just they just prefer that they not have to be the ones who face the you know the the public reaction if people don't agree with the monetary policy and the government shouldn't be in charge of setting interest rates at all yeah i think that the best solution is figuring out how to phase it out allowing the marketplace to come up with alternatives and not have the government goon squads going in with guns kicking and screaming and stealing the private alternatives when they become somewhat successful which is the situation we have today that's what happened to the liberty dollar last year in in november of 2007 they were raided at gunpoint and the fed stole all of their gold and their silver and their copper and that's the situation we have and that's one of the things that needs to change even had they not been raided and shut down one of the things i think that held the liberty dollar back was that they were operating sort of in a gray area of the law and they knew that the government was was going to crack down on them if they could find an excuse so the liberty dollar had to be very careful about the wording it used whether it, whether mm-hmm. it said you know this was these were coins or rounds or currency or money and i i think that that in part held back the liberty dollar and other private operations from setting up i think they're Easily, the marketplace could provide reliable currency in gold and silver or whatever other commodity, but the government is what holds them back from doing that. Is there anything else out there? I mean, as far as alternative currencies uh, are concerned, I know the Phoenix dollar got a start a couple of years ago. I don't know if anything's ever become of it. I'm not sure what its status is. Uh, also, I know that uh, there's some folks up here in New Hampshire. Some of the Liberty activists are working on what they call Shire Silver. I'm not sure what the status of that project is uh, either. No, I had only heard some, uh, you know, I had heard some secondhand things about that project. Shire Silver? Yes. And my understanding was that that was almost going to be more open source. Like they were going to make the stamps but anybody could use them. So there wasn't going to be like one corporate headquarters making the coins and selling them. And it was more like agorism in the sense that they would would give you some silver that you could essentially trade and barter with. Um, the, the Liberty Dollar attempted to mimic currency in a lot of ways, whereas Shire, Shire Silver would be marked with, you know, 99% pure, one uh, troy ounce. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that no, out there. So it wouldn't be, rede- yeah, they're not going to say, we're going to redeem, we'll guarantee you redemption for a certain amount of money. It'll just be, here's an ounce of silver. What will you take for it? Whatever and, it is, man, I just hope somebody gets out there and does something, something to provide an alternate form of, of, of currency, even if it's just silver with one ounce stamped on it or half ounce or quarter ounce or whatever. There's a lot of that out there um, as far as, uh, you know, you can get those. But nobody's marketing minutes. it. Nobody is uh, is out there really pushing it. And that's one of the things the Liberty Dollar was great for. It was also an educational tool at the same time as, as being a currency. It had a phone number on it. It had a website on it. It, uh, you know, it was encouraged that people go and learn more about about real money with the Liberty Dollar. Was oh, the rest I've been in contact with uh, with the new guys uh, at Liberty Dollar, and yeah, they're they're ramping up. Oh, good. Yeah, that's right. They have a new executive director after uh, Bernard von Nuthaus uh, retired. So more on the way. Uh, I hope to hear good things from them. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. And the features on the site include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. Enjoy on us at freetalklive.com. You know email is not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Wrong. Introducing PrivacyHarbor.com, an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. Sign up for a free account today. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com, those folks over there, good folks that are concerned about preserving your privacy on the Internet. PrivacyHarbor.com. 800-259-9231 to your phone calls. We go to Arnie, listening in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Arnie. Hey. Hey. Uh... I, I just wanted to clear up something that I, uh, I'm i coining money. And, and the definition of coin is to stamp a metal into a piece of money. Okay. That's what they understood coin to mean when they wrote the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So Mark is, I mean, they can do whatever they want because they don't obey, obey the Constitution. Sure. <laughs> but the, the meaning of the verb coin from uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary is to make a coin, especially a by stamping to convert metal into coins. Of course, there's no, uh, you know, there's no specification though that it has to be gold or silver. It could be this crap can metal that they're using today. Right, but they made a specific point in Article 10 of saying that the states had to use gold or silver. That's correct. Meaning that if you kind of flip that over, that. They only had they only had the authority to coin gold and silver, and then the first act that the uh, Congress had in 1792 to coin money, they specified what a dollar was in silver, hmm. and that is still a valid law. It's good, all good points, but as you say, if they want to change the rules or not follow their own rules, they certainly will. So I thank you for the clarification tonight. Any other thoughts? Yeah, one other thing. Uh, it just struck me that when you were talking with Alex earlier about the you know, paranoid part of or being depressed about liberty, yes, it struck me as very similar to suicide terrorism. In other words, the motivation, if you go far enough that way. Yeah. The, the I, paranoid side. I, you, you know, I, I, I can see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from, and you know, in the Revolutionary War, there was a uh, there there was a level of terrorism that uh, occurred on the side of the um, colonists. You know, they they wanted to uh, you know scare out the people that were in power, and they wanted their own country, and and terrorism was was part of that. Very good, oh, Arnie. Yeah, you could say anything, any violence used in pursuit of a political objective could be called. Hey, Arnie, thank you for the call tonight. Don't forget to tune in and uh, listen to yourself a little bit later on tonight on KBZZ 1270 there in Reno. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. We're on a delay broadcast basis there. They they start the show at 8 o'clock Pacific time. So, uh, again, hello to all of our KBZZ listeners there. Now, Nick, um, you know something about the you know, the history of terrorism from the uh, Revolutionary War, do, do you not? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was... 
action that took place that really it wasn't fighting against the British Army. Um, the American colonists, they, they poured tea, boiling hot tea, down taxmen's throats. Tarred and wow. feathered, tarred and fe- yeah, they tarred and feathered people, which is actually, you know, it's, it, it's portrayed as a comical thing in movies a lot of the time. Man, it tears your skin off. I mean, you usually right. die of horrible things. Like hot tar, man. Yeah. Like, and, uh, that they made ro- make roads with. That doesn't sound nice. Yeah, I mean, tax collectors quit their jobs because there were angry mobs throwing bricks through their building, through their, their, you know, their home, throwing bricks through the windows. Of course, that was the idea. <laughs> and that was the idea. And, right. and so that gets whitewashed to some extent, and all we see is, you know, uh, the the Boston Tea Party and the Revolutionary War itself, the actual military action. But it's never an, a, a tidy thing when people go head-to-head with a repressive government because governments are going to try to hold on to power using the only tool they really have at their disposal, which is violence. So if you're going to force the contest with a government, it's going to result in violence and... None of us wants to see that day. However, as you said earlier tonight, if it does get to a certain point, it will go that direction. Right. And I, you know, I have to say at some point, you know, the American Revolution, it did not do away with government entirely, but certainly what it did for the ideas of individual liberty and what it did practically for the people living in the colonies, it did guarantee them more liberty than they had under the king. And largely, I think it it gave birth to what became the libertarian movement. Without the American Revolution, who knows what the world would be like today. So there is a point where sometimes it's better to, to take that chance, but it's really only once all the, the peaceful means have been exhausted. Right. If they're just coming after you, then there's not much you can do about it. But if they're making a concerted effort to totally trample on liberty all over the place, and it's quite obvious that it's gotten to that point, whatever that line in the sand is then it's time for different tactics. But I agree with you, Nick. We should exhaust all, and I do mean all, peaceful options before anybody even considers going that direction. Right. I mean, go to prison and make, you know, be civilly disobedient if they're going to come for you and, you know, make an example of that. Be disobedient in the prison. Um, That's one thing you can do. Now, if you reach a point where society has become so closed that no news of what you're doing can reach anyone else, well, then there's not too much point of doing the civil disobedience anymore. Yep. And Luckily, we have the internet still, and that right. news can get out there. So, well, I mean, we've seen Australia is moving to to create government control of their internet, yep. much the same way China has. So, time well, is of the essence, right. I would say. I mean, as far as getting to New Hampshire, getting here, and and getting active, and I and I promote New Hampshire because it really does seem like the best option. I mean, moving as many liberty activists together in the same place, having them get active seems like a no brainer to me. But if you know, certainly there are some other opportunities out there. I know there's what the the people that are going to build a ship. And go out into the middle of the ocean or something like that. I suppose that's a possibility. I don't know if it's a reality yet. Uh, but for right now, a reality is you can move to New Hampshire. You can join the Free State Project. You can come here and get active with like-minded people and help us advance liberty. It's happening here and it's happening now. Of course, we'll tell you more about the Liberty Forum here in a little bit. Uh, an opportunity to come and meet some of these great activists that we talk so much about on this program. We go in, uh, right uh, now, though, to your phone calls. Andy is on the line in Michigan. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live. Andy, in hey, his I, car. Hello there. Hey, uh, I know my audio's bad, so I'm going to uh, be quick here. Um, I was listening to your most recent live Saturday edition of uh, Free Talk Live, mm-hmm. and uh, you were talking about the uh, mandatory service for children in the schools. Yes. Um, I know it's not going to be a, a popular choice or uh, even... You know, considered by most people, 
But I would think the simplest answer to this problem would be to give back the Social Security cards, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, try to opt out of as much of the government uh, situation as, you know, their different little contracts that they want you to enter into as possible. That would definitely be an option as far as protesting any form of national service, uh, you know, this conscription program that they're planning on implementing at the middle school and high school level. And I thank you for the call tonight, sir. Good hearing from you. Uh, To opt out, you know, hey, take this card back. I don't want it. You can keep all the money that I've given you. I don't want that back. I mean, it'd be nice if I had it, but I know I'm not going to get it from you thugs. So here, you know, here's the card. Uh, or better yet, burn it. That's what I did with mine. Uh, and obviously, moving to New Hampshire would be a nice addition to all of this. But trying to get out of as many of the government programs as possible, I think, would be a, a valuable thought. You, gents, what do you think? That's probably the best tact that you can take. I mean, it depends on how they're going to enforce that. The, the, the other direction I thought the government might take is requiring that service if you're in government school. Uh, for graduation, so requiring That's those what they're hours. Doing. Right. So, I, pull your kid out of the government school if you can. Uh, I mean, but if you if you're not able to, you know, your state, many states require they have certain requirements of homeschoolers that certain parents they might, be yeah, able to they meet. might lock down on homeschools too. So if you pull, you can't just. I mean, if you pull your kid from school and don't enroll them in a government approved alternative. Then you're you're facing either you know losing your children or you could go to jail. Well, you know if you're willing to pull out of the social security program, I think that you're willing to do some level of disobedience because most people would never consider doing something like that. They'd be worried that there might be some sort of consequences. Uh, Mark, you and I were out of the social security system. There have been no consequences for us uh, at this point. And so a lot of people would be worried. I would see that as civil disobedience. There's never so, been any contact. Right. So keep going with uh, with that. Take more steps into the realm of civil disobedience and non-cooperation. I mean, ideally, don't even pay property taxes, at least not the, the school portion. I think that'd be a nice protest. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we'd love for you to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You know you got shopping to do. You've got to buy things to live life. You've got to buy things for the upcoming holiday season, most likely. So why not shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com? You're going to get a great deal on the brands that you trust, free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items, and you'll feel extra good because you know a percentage is going to Free Talk Live if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, we go to your phone calls and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist, on t- uh, the amp line in Tennessee. Hello, Gene. Well, hi there. I wanted to continue the conversation we were having yesterday about your trip to jail on Friday. Oh, don't be so negative, Gene. <laughs> you know, I think Mark, you no. were Mark was kind of paranoid about uh, Nick Ryder going to jail over the speeding ticket situation, and he didn't go to jail over that. I don't remember that, but we've uh, had I'm people, glad that he didn't. We've had people driving without registration. I guess Russell Canning did get arrested for that at one point, but the, uh, Dave. David Cruz, one of the activists here, uh, was uh, ticketed for driving without registration. He went to a court, and he did not go to jail. You left. So. The, they well, left. First of in, all, in, in both those cases, they left the ball in the court of the judge. By you know, they they respected the man's court to allow him to make a ruling. That's true. You I don't respect his out. court. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I I pre- I applaud all of those efforts. I think they're all great, and I think that uh, it's wonderful that people disobey these uh, idiots who claim to have authority over us. 
Right, However, because we need more people to start doing this. And if I'm going to get on the I air would, and say that people should do civil disobedience and then chicken out, then what's that do to my I, credibility? I would like to caution certain arguments, such as <clears throat> anything that has to do with capital letters, anything that happens to do with Social Security numbers, any of those kind of things, none of them hold Oh, I'm water. not making an argument. I'm not going in there to argue okay. with anybody. I, my point is to go in, ask one simple question, is do they have evidence of a damaged complaining party? I know for a fact they don't. They're not going to be able to say yes. And if they don't have evidence of a damaged complaining party, I've got better things to do with my time. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Well, what they, what they will say in answer to that is uh, simply that the state is the damaged party. And so then you, uh, you know, then it falls back in your lap. Now, can so I call the state to the witness stand? The, well, they're going to say that the state has standing. So um, you have to have some kind of response to that because it's their court. It's their ball game, and they can do basically whatever they want to do. Sure they can. They don't really have to follow any of the rules, even though the rules are there. They're only oh, absolutely. the peons. Yeah, and I realize oh. there's a chance that the armed men with guns could throw me in a cage. I mean, for whatever reason, there are a couple people that have, uh, Mark, you are one of them, and uh, another another gentleman has uh, instant messaged me at, over the last few days to say that, you know, oh, what do you don't you realize these are violent people? They're gonna they're gonna throw you in a cage. You shouldn't do this. And uh, well, you know, again, and, and they are violent, and we shouldn't necessarily be afraid of them for that. Yeah. but we do have to be cautious. It's like going into a lion's den, right? With a chair and a whip, you have to be careful. Of the lion, and you have to learn how he, uh, his manners, and you have to learn how to protect yourself from him. But I did want to mention uh, about the uh, all caps thing and the social security number and all those things, and why they cannot possibly be true. It's and and why you, uh, people who use those arguments just look like, you know, uh, I don't want to say fools because I respect all those people. You know, they they do, they're trying to figure out the system, but. The reason that they can't have any truth to them is simply because any kind of contract has to have an agreement between knowledgeable parties. Obviously, any kind of uh, thing where the Social Security number is making you a slave in any way, shape, or form cannot possibly hold water because you didn't agree to that. Same is true with the all-caps letter, uh, uh, capital corporations and all that stuff. If those are corporations, where are they? Where are the documents filed? You know, all corporations are filed in a public manner. So those corporations would have to exist somewhere. So all of these things, they're just dead ends. And quite frankly, I think they're put out there by the people on top just to throw people uh, for a loop. I think they're just distractions to keep people from realizing. Yeah, that I think you might be right about that. I think one of the it's most important. Baloney. Yeah, I think one of the most important. Th- I mean, it's it's some of it's interesting and intriguing and all, but uh, but you're right. If you try to stand on those, uh, you're going to fall, and that's what's happened uh, time and time again. As Mark cited last night from the Danny Riley case, it sounded like he was just trying them just to see, you know, throw something up against a wall, see if it stuck. It didn't, and uh, you know now he's in federal prison for 36 and, years. And I hate to see what happened to Danny Riley and Irwin Schiff and Ed Brown and his wife and all these great people that are being destroyed by this fictitious entity called the United States government, and they're not really being destroyed by that fictitious entity like I've pointed out in the past. There are men, there are people that you can point to and say that person is responsible for destroying Ed Brown. And I think in this case you have to look, the the man you have to point to is the judge in his case. That is the man that is guilty of violating this person's right. 
And there are well, some other men. The, that yeah, are and, the, and the men with the guns are also guilty because they followed the man in the robes orders and then threw those people in, into cages. So they're all they all have their level of responsibility. But yes, there are certainly very specific individuals that are are guilty of kidnapping and uh, doing awful things we, to innocent people. And we people. need to name these men, and we need to somehow in the future after the revolution bring these guys uh, into account for their actions because uh, somewhere there's got to be a list. And a, and a keeping of the crimes that they're all guilty of. You know, I, I, I'll have to disagree with you on that one, Gene. I'm willing to uh, set it all aside and forgive them if they'll just leave me alone. You know, if I understand they've done some awful things to people, uh, but I'm not and, really and interested can, in, re, you, in retaliating. You certainly can forgive them, but Ed yeah. Brown doesn't have to forgive them. He has standing. Okay, I'm with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Okay. Good point. And I thank you for the call tonight. Yeah, there's no incantation. There's no magical formula to how to uh, to defeat these goons in their own courtrooms. It, the fact is, they'll do what they want to you. Now, why is it that they've been letting people go up here? Why is it that uh, Nick Ryder was able to walk out of court uh, and not have to pay a dime on a speeding ticket that he admitted to speeding in the courtroom? Why is it that that happened? Why is it that David Cruz, another activist up here, was able to walk out of court, get in his car, and drive away after uh, you know going on in a trial for uh, okay. for no registration? No registration. So they let him you know essentially drive away in the car that was unregistered. Right. Was it because they uttered some sort of incantation in the courtroom that nope. scared the judge? No. The reason is because there are people that are behind these folks. There's a movement here. I believe that this is the reason. This is my speculation. You guys are welcome to add your thoughts at 800-259-9231. So, you know, to those of you who think that I that I believe in some sort of magical incantation is going to save me come Friday uh, Friday afternoon at Keene District Court, no, not at all. I don't have any expectation of that. I have an expectation that there's a good chance those men with guns will throw me into a cage uh, over a couch in the yard. Now they'll claim it was contempt of court or whatever it is. If they do that, I understand that there's a possibility. But I also understand that there's a very real possibility that they might just m- let me walk out of that courtroom, uh, quietly end their little trial, and well, then find me not guilty. First, why, haven't they, why haven't they ended it up at this point? You, they, they followed, well, well, they followed up on it uh, time after time. You know, There's been uh, several follow-ups with the bureaucrats and you, pieces yeah. of paper sent, I've given like them that. opportunities to make it go away. I've given them two opportunities to actually silently, peacefully sort of make the get rid of the couch, which is a Allegedly, the reason that this all started, and just disappear the situation, and they have they have not done right. anything about it. I would Which say the reason to believe that they are not going to do what um, you that's know, what the, they want alone. you to. That's what they want you to believe, Mark, and that's <laughs> part of their game. Uh, part of the game they play is intimidation. What they do is they know they've got the guns and the cages and the men who are willing to throw you into them, and they play their little role as far as they possibly can. They intimidate, they intimidate, they intimidate, and if you back down at any point, they win. Right. So if like in Sam's case down in Texas, uh, he backed down, which is the appropriate thing to do where he is because he's not backed up by activists. But ObscureTooth.com, Sam uh, down in Texas was really kind of pushing the line. Well, when Sam gets here, he's going to push the line farther. And he's not going to back down. interested in seeing where that's going to go and how that's going to turn out. He's not going to back down. And that's where, you know, if you push it and push it and then at the very end you say, all right, fine, I'll pay you. Well, they win. 
But if you push it and you push it and you go follow all the way through, like Nick Ryder did and David Cruz, who said in court, I'm not paying your fine. Or David Cruz, who said, I'm not paying and I want to increase your costs. Right. Go and ahead I'm and not throw your, me I'm there. not your piggy bank. Send that's me to jail. What, uh, that's what David Manning said. Another one of the That's activists. what David Cruz said. I uh, was there. That's true. They, they, uh, David Manning said something similar. But um, It's a good thing to say. Yeah. Um, so, so those activists did not back down through to the very end. So the government pushed, you know, they did their thing they had their trial they did their you know they they sent their notices and they did what the government does and they hoped that all of those people would back down but they didn't now does that mean they'll uh, you know they'll let me go not necessarily you know they might crack down this might be the moment of the you know the crackdown who knows what they will do i mean it's like dealing with a, a rabid animal you're not sure exactly what that beast is going to do next but they're doing this mark to c- keep their keep up their image they're not just going to make this case go away up front and be seen backing down early. They've got their court. This is what they do all day. They have their little court <laughs> things, and they're going to have their little court thing, and we're going to go in there on Friday afternoon with a bunch of activists. Hopefully many of them will bring cameras. We're going to try to get as many cameras in as we possibly can, and then I'm not going to back down. And so then we'll see if they do. Maybe they won't. More on the way. You can take control. I hope they do. It's the smart thing for them to do. Otherwise, people are just going to move here sooner, and then their problems will compound. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we launch here into the third hour of the program. You bring up anything, we go to your phone calls. It's Sam in Texas. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network at obscuretruth.com. You're back on Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to finish up from the call last night where I talked about the grand jury process and how to turn the government's rules and their system of law enforcement back against the public officials to hold them accountable and make sure that they're following the law. Okay. Um, so there were we, – we talked through kind of how to bring all of these charges and file them and so forth and talked about, you know, obviously they're not going to like that very much, but there's some other things that come into play – that kind of um, are very helpful that I want to point out, and they're not very apparent. Um, one of, obviously, it's going to scare the bureaucrats if you're filing charges against the police, against the prosecutor, and against judges mm-hmm. yeah. or, or court clerks or anybody else who violates the law. They're, the, they're obviously going to be much they're, – they're probably going to take the time to actually read the law at some point, and they're going to be much more careful about actually following and upholding the oath that they swore to, uh, to uphold. And they'll be less likely to, uh, you know, some of them, they'll be more likely to quit their jobs, less likely to take the jobs because they won't be as attractive. Um, they, um, they, they won't be as attractive in the sense that I can do anything I want mm, and yeah. I can get away won't with it and I get a sweet, Mark, sweet government though, paycheck. Won't be attractive to the sadist, Mark, but it would be attractive to some of the better cops out there, like the one who called that ended up quitting and is going through some kind of lawsuit. Yeah. Right, or some of the good guys that we happen to have uh, up here in New Hampshire seems to be like more of the good guy cops seem to be up here. At least that's the uh, the impression I've gotten. I don't know about that. but uh, yeah. now, One of the other things is once somebody has gone through in New Hampshire and blazed the trail to the grand jury in a certain county, uh, the next time I go in to file complaints, because of the way I'm doing it, I'm starting off with a small complaint, and then I'm going to get them to 
break the law protecting their own mm-hmm. and, and use that against them, the next time I march in there with a criminal complaint, what do you think they're going to do? Um, I don't know. Be scared? <laughs> Probably send me straight to the grand jury and say, uh-uh, I don't want to mess with this guy because he's going to really screw things up for me and get me in lots of trouble. Hmm. And that's what really you would want to happen. If if some if a, an official breaks the law, you should be able to march right into the grand jury, present your complaint, and let them evaluate and, and decide if they if, want to indict that person. If an official breaks the law, you would think that the government that's there to do what's right and what's uh, and, and to protect us would uh, you know give an armed escort to you from your home to the grand jury in order to protect you from any um, you know miscreants in the government. You right. would think that they would want that, but they don't. I have a question uh, about all this, Sam. What I mean, the, the grand jury doesn't have any obligation to act on your claims, right? I mean, what if they're out there protecting the state too? What if they're not doing? What if they you bring all this to them and they just say f off? There are actually um, rules governing what the grand jury must do. Now, if they refuse a complaint, and the Randy Kelton guy that I'm learning this from, and actually interviewing on Saturday, um, he has actually indicted the grand jury and brought them up on charges because they <laughs> failed to look at one of his complaints, and the judge had to impanel a new grand jury to hear the indictment against the old grand jury. Hmm. Wow, what's the danger to the uh, grand, um, to, to somebody in the grand jury that fails to do what they're supposed to do? Well, they'd be facing criminal charges. At, criminal. At any time when these guys break the law, they stop becoming a public official and they become a criminal. And then they have to be dealt with as a criminal before you can proceed on with you know whatever it is you're trying to do with the government. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, one, of the, one of the other things is something called plausible deniability with the police. Now, you guys, we've talked to cops, and, and you know that one of the things they say is, look, if I did that, I would get fired, or I have to uphold the law, and I have to do this or that. because They're, they're afraid, afraid of, of retaliating. If they, they're afraid that if they don't follow the orders of their superiors, they'll be retaliated against. Exactly. And what this does is gives them a very real excuse to say, uh-uh, chief, I can't go do that. These guys... They'll come and file criminal charges against me, and I sure don't want to have to explain this to the grand jury. Hmm. So it really gives them the excuse that they need to say, no, I, I can't follow that order. It's unconstitutional or it's uh, unlawful or whatever. Just out of curiosity, Sam, um, would a, an officer that's given a direct order by his superior to do something illegal, I, you, you can pick what it is, um, illegal from your, uh, your standpoint, that you could go after them with the grand jury, would it be would it be the officer or the superior that would be in trouble? Oh, I don't know. I think it's going to depend on uh, what the what the statutes are, and I haven't read through them all for New Hampshire. That'll be one of the things I'm, I'll start working on here. Shortly. I think that, I think it's all going to be very interesting. This uh, Mr. Randy Kelton, you said his name was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listened to uh, an audio interview with him today, oh, really? and it was interesting. At how did you pick? I mean, isn't, doesn't this guy have his own radio show or something like Sam that? Sam sent it to me. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was, I was interested in what I was hearing. It didn't sound as insane as some of the stuff that I've heard up to this point. There was, there was some stuff yeah. that it sounded unrealistic to me. It didn't sound like it occurs um, in t- today, but I'm very interested in what's, you know, what the guy has to say. Yeah, so, Ian, after yesterday when Mark and you guys both kind of called the whole uppercase, lowercase name thing crazy and conspiracy and fringe, I sent Mark a, a guy's story who, from in North Carolina who's actually done this and has gone through the courts, and it, it really uncovered some very interesting things about offer and acceptance and in the way that the uh, prosecutor responded, the judge responded to him. They sat up and took notice, and the judge was a, is a JAG 
prosecutor in the in the military, so she's really pretty sharp and knows this stuff, and kind of validated the connection between uh, statutes and contract law and how the the UCC comes into play. Oh, I, I mean, I would, I would think that these, as commercial entities, are definitely operating under the UCC, but I think what we were sort of uh, trashing on last night was the idea that you could get up in front of a judge and say, I am not that person, and, you know, yeah. have that actually work, because it I, I didn't. sentencing of all things. Like, it, you, you wouldn't have to establish that beforehand. And the this guy, Randy Kelton, did come in front of the um, the judge and say that what sounds like cockamamie to me i am a a, a a natural christian man or something like that he said he said that particular thing and, and he he claims at the end look i don't know what part of this stuff works and what doesn't and he claims that he asked questions of the judge that he had sort of turned her to his side mm-hmm. at some point and so he acknowledges that this is a learning process that's the yeah, absolutely which um which i i like i don't i don't want to listen to somebody who has some kind of um narcissist uh, complex where they uh they believe they know everything yeah. and that you know nothing and shut up and you know that kind of thing i think that's what we've been talking about here and you know talking about how sam and some of the other people up here in new hampshire have been testing the waters and trying different things and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't uh, luckily, we're trying it with little things like speeding tickets and parking tickets, uh, whereas you know Danny Riley uh, was trying it with a 36-year sentence at the the federal by the feds. So I think that part of what we're doing is that experimenting and throwing different stuff up against the wall and to see what sticks and see what works and using other people's experiences, learning from them. And I think that it's all going to be very interesting, especially as more people begin to try these techniques and especially as we can have more success and we can actually point to things and say, look what happened here, look what happened here. Uh, let's try this some more and, and dig in deeper. Absolutely. Two more uh, quick things about this uh, grand jury approach. One is if you're filing charges against a public official like the sheriff or somebody who's elected to office, the fact that you file criminal complaints against them is going to be brought up by his opponent, and that's really going to hurt them politically. Hmm. So not even whether or not the grand jury is indicting, it's going to look really bad on the record and be brought up as part of the dirty politics that goes on. So it shouldn't take them very long. I mean, once somebody begins this process, and it seems like, Sam, you might be the man to do it at least first, uh, because most of us haven't done the research you have, but once somebody begins this process, they may very well back down pretty quick and leave people alone. I mean, that's a very real possibility. I I think so. It's definitely going to help. With the attorneys, you can file bar grievances against them. And an attorney in his first year, if he gets one bar grievance, his malpractice insurance doubles. Mm. After two, he's uninsurable. He needs to go find another career. Wow. So Very cool. I, I think that's, it's not going to take too much of doing this before they really sit up and take notice. It reminds me of the suggestion that Barry Cooper made at last year's uh, Liberty Forum about going after like the bonds that the cops have or the judges have and or suing, you know, essentially suing the cops and uh, going after their insurance and, and stuff like that and really hitting them where it counts. And that is in the financial uh, area. So it's very interesting. I don't know if you have more, Sam, but hang on if you do. 800-259-9231. We'll take your calls about whatever you want. You can bring up anything. And what is it that science is finding out about near-death experiences. Is it the realm of the crackpot kook, or is there something to the idea that the consciousness continues? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. 
And those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com and see what that's all about. Again, Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. want to invite you to the Liberty Forum. It's happening in early March, right up here in beautiful uh, Nashua, New Hampshire, happening at the uh, Crown Plaza, I believe, hotel there, which is where it was last year. It was a fantastic event. Had a, had a blast last year, and it's going to be a good time again this year. The guest list, uh, the list of speakers, the Liberty-Oriented Luminaries continues to grow with, um, recently, Glenn Jacobs from the WWE also known as Kane. He's going to be there. He's a great liberty activist as well as a well-known super, uh, wrestling superstar. Uh, he's going to be there. Uh, Richard Heller from the Heller versus DC Gun Decision. Both of these guys, Free State Project members. Other names like Mark Stevens from the Adventures in Legal, uh, from Adventures in Legal Land. Uh, Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com. John Taylor Gatto. Uh, so many people going to be here speaking. It's going to be this uh, a great opportunity to not only meet some of these luminaries, but also meet the regular on-the-ground activists, these super people that we talk about so often on this program that are actually here in New Hampshire and they've gotten active for liberty, whether it be in the political realm or the realm of non-cooperation or the, the media, all of these people, many of them are going to be at, I can't say all of them, many of them are going to be at the Liberty Forum, and it's going to be a blast. Uh, there's going to be socializing, there's going to be dinners and opportunities to network and and uh, parties, of course, uh, after hours. So we're looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing you there. Save 10% uh, if you use our discount code, which is 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL uh, to save 10%. Get signed up now, though, because the longer you wait, they're going to be announcing new, uh, bigger speakers, some other speakers, I guess, as we get closer. They're still working on booking them. But as the speakers list expands, at some point they're going to increase the price. So if you're thinking about going, go ahead and make a, make plans for it and get signed up at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. What a great way to experience what it's like to be around hundreds of people that think like you do, people that get liberty. Uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And uh, Sam is is on the line with us here from the Obscure Truth Network at obscuretruth.com. Sam, you were at the last Liberty Forum. Uh, are you coming this year or in 2009? Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't miss it. Yep, it's uh, it's going to be a great time. Of course, you'll actually be a uh, an in-state Free State Project member by that point, and uh, we're expecting you here by the end of the year. That's uh, that we're looking forward to. We're talking about some interesting approaches uh, about how to maybe scare these government people away from being so tyrannical. And you're suggesting that the, that we use the grand jury system, which you've been doing some research on, and it seems like there's actually some possibility that this might be a, a tactic that may have some success. So very interesting. What else did you want to share with us tonight? Uh, going back to your case with the couch and the trial that's coming up, um, I, I know you're almost ready to walk where I understand that. I've been there myself, and I, they're just going to either arrest you or proceed against you in either case. And I don't know how much you want to work in the system or not, but one of the things you can do or that I've learned is there's nothing you can't do filing paperwork with the court beforehand that you can actually do on, on the day in question when you go for trial. It's just, you know, that's the last opportunity that you have. Uh, so have you considered, if you, if you file a document that just says, here's what I hold to be true or here are the facts about this incident and deny their charge and tell them to basically prove it, because they have the burden of proof, some of those things I think actually come in, if you don't dispute what, what they charge you with, then it's kind of assumed to be fact. So by filing this document that says these are the facts, however you want to lay them out, and then deny their charge, it puts them in a much tougher position. 
So have you considered doing something like no, that? No, I've not I've not heard of such a thing. What would you call a document like that? Oh like an affidavit of truth or something? Probably. Um I don't know. I'll I'll figure it out and, and email you. Okay. Very good, sir. Anything else on your mind? That was it. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That hey. is the SACL CAI toll-free line. How are you going to dispute that there's a couch there? Still there. I'm sorry? The couch is still there. Okay. I don't know. I'm just it, it's, it's seeming like an odd thing to do to dispute it. I don't know. I'm open to ideas here. Okay. I haven't nailed I haven't nailed down what exactly it is that I want to do on Friday. I mean, I I, my, my current plan is to ask a simple question as to whether or not there is a uh, there's evidence of a damaged complaining party, and if they're going to claim it's the state, then I'd love to call the state to the stand and ask it questions. And if they claim it's your neighbor, well, there's no evidence of that. I mean, if they want to put her, if they, I'll, I'd love to call her to the stand too. Right. Like if they so, want to cl- if they want to claim there's evidence of a damaged complaining party, I'll go and they'll, I'll play their little game and see what their evidence is. Because they could, they, they may try to make the argument that indirectly she could feel that it affects her property value or that it's injurious. She could, but I want her to make that argument, right? And I'll call her ass to the stand, which that's not going to happen because it's just not the way things work there. They they don't do it that way. The complaining party gets to be insulated from any sort of responsibility. And as far as I'm concerned, that's unconstitutional. You should, yeah. in, in America, you should be able to face your accuser. Which is one of the reasons why I would just like to walk out of the kangaroo court. I mean, I feel like if you guys aren't going to give me a fair shake here, and this is not a fair shake, there's no jury, there's no, you know, there's no facing your accuser. The entire trial is a big scam to get people to to hand over their money and to be obedient to the state. So this is one, of, you know, that's. One one of the many reasons why I'm just to the point of where, all right, I'm out of here. See you later. This is a joke. You guys are a joke, and I'm out. You know, if you want to hurt me, then fine. There's all these cameras around. They're going to watch you take me to a cell. And then, of course, uh, that'll hopefully there'll be news. I mean, maybe somebody put – I've asked uh, Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com. He's one of our bloggers over at Freekeen.com. I've asked him to, in, in the event that they put me in a cage, to write up a, a short article for Freekeen, and maybe that'll get you know syndicated out somewhere on the Internet so people can pay attention to what's going on as sort of a news item, like, you know, man locked in prison cell over couch in, in the yard. I mean, that seems like a newsworthy story, don't you think? I mean, they, there's news stories about – Old ladies getting thrown in prison for having their grass growing too high. I think so. nationally syndicated talk show hosts thrown in. Uh, <laughs> that might help a little bit. Um, but but either way, you know, if that's what they do, then I would like uh, Dale or whoever it is that writes the article to make the comparison that this is not about the couch. It is about obedience, and it's obvious it's about obedience because if it was about the couch, they'd be offering ways to remedy the situation instead of threatening me. If it was about the couch, the couch enforcer guy would have you know come over afterwards and said. Okay, well, we know you don't want to pay this, and since the person doesn't want to come out and and meet you, which is my original offer to them was, look, I'll remove the couch. If you have this neighbor, whoever it is, come down and talk to me like a neighbor. Right. We'll talk and, about it. I'll and apparently, it. this person, who, whomever uh, made the complaint, doesn't uh, it doesn't care enough to come meet you and talk to you. This is allegedly the case, and this is only what the government people have told me. Julia doesn't believe she exists. She thinks that uh, the the whole thing's a lie. I'm quite skeptical. And so, you know, since the person, if she's real, doesn't want to come and meet me, then then the next step would seem to be, okay, well, let's try to resolve the situation anyway. How about, uh, you know, we take it away for you and you can pay us 20 bucks. I mean, that would be something. I don't have the truck, so I'm going to have to pay somebody. If I want to remove the couch, I'm going to have to pay somebody to take it to the dump. So if they wanted to help with that, if they were actually serving 
You know, if they were actually interested in getting rid of the couch instead of just having me be obedient, paying them and doing what they demand, they would have come and come to me with an offer. And they would have said, well, you know, she doesn't want to meet you. How about this? We'll get rid of the couch for you because we got these guys with the trucks over here, the city workers. They'll take the couch away to the dump. You can pay us 20 bucks and it'll, it'll all be done with. And then I'd be paying for having the couch removed, not just paying some arbitrary fine that won't do anything to remove the couch. But that's not what they're doing. What they are doing is threatening me, possibly putting me in a, a cage and, you know, hurting me over the couch, which is clearly an obedience thing and not a couch thing. By the way, it's Free Talk Live. You take control. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk, Free Talk Live, and the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything, and that's the point of the program. It's Ian here with you. And yep. Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Lots of stuff there. We give it all away, including the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about. And it's all free. So head over to bbs.freetalklive.com and get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about what you want. It's Keith listening in New Hampshire. Keith, you're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hey, guys. Hey, Keith. So I'd like to talk about some recent activism I was a part of. There were seven of us involved. We passed out Free Talk Live flyers at a recent Nine Inch Nails concert awesome. in Manchester. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. No problem. We passed out over 400. So. Gosh. Uh, as an aside, before you tell us about the results, uh, I, I imagine they were good, but um, as, as an aside, if you are interested, you the listener, interested in getting your hands on Free Talk Live flyers, we do have them for you at promote.freetalklive.com. There are also uh, graphics and other things like that that you can use. Uh, you can make your own custom flyers if you want, but there are custom flyers that have already been made. You're welcome to use those to help promote the show, uh, and they're all free over at promote.freetalklive.com. Go ahead. Tell us about what uh, how, to, how that went for you, Keith. Okay, yeah, so we passed out over 400 flyers. Um, some of the people we talked to about anarchy and anarcho-capitalism, the Free State Project, Free Talk Live. One person said he was a regular listener to your uh, radio network. Great. So um, that was really fun, and like you said, people can print out flyers for Free Talk Live or I guess any organization that they really like, um, Fully yeah. Informed Jury Association, for example. Were you guys actually out. in the concert working the crowd inside, or were you sort of outside the venue uh, popping people as they were going in and out? Exactly. We were outside. Um, we did it before oh, okay. and after the show. So there were a couple people that went in, and like I think they put some in the bathroom or something like that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, there's what another else? more important thing I'd yes, like sir. to talk about, though. Please. Okay. Well, some people moved to New Hampshire, you know, for various reasons. Some people moved because they like freedom. And, I mean, that's great and all, but I moved to New Hampshire for a different reason. What's that? Well, I moved to be closer to my hero. Oh, God. To be closer to Mark. Aww. Yes, I admit it. Man's I'm crazy. an edgehead. Uh, <laughs> I'm an edgehead and proud of it. Get him off the line. <laughs> The man's disturbing. Aw, that's touching. <laughs> Thanks, Keith, for the call. Appreciate it. That is important. 800-259-9231. We go to Charlie in Kentucky. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Charlie. Hey, man. I'm calling hey. you about this evil couch you got in your yard. Yeah, it's not my couch. Uh, it is my oh. yard, I guess, technically, even though it's being rented by the tenants. It's their couch, uh, and they have control of the yard. Well, I'm no uh, attorney, and, and this may be not relevant, but 
and they don't follow their own laws and all. But sure. in Article 7 of the Constitution, it, it says that uh, um, in matters of common law, if it's uh, valued to exceed $20, that the right to trial by jury should be preserved. I agree. And in fact, the government goons are, uh, you know, they threatened me with a $100 fine and then they said it was a $200 fine. So the amount has definitely exceeded $20. Yeah, so you might be able to, you might talk to someone that knows, but you could escalate maybe to a trial by jury. And certainly, I have no interest in doing that. I mean, yeah, I understand if I wanted a trial, like I could do that, but I don't. I just want to stay home and, you know, be left alone, go out with my friends and, you know, not have these government goons. That's what we all want. Earlier, you did mention that you weren't getting a trial by jury. It was kangaroo court. Yeah. Uh, And at least it does uh, make their efforts less cost effective. It does take more out of their pockets to. It to that That's true, but then people could get could get upset at me, and I understand they're they're wrong from taking for taking this from this position, but they could get upset at me for costing the system more. You know, oh, how dare you come in there and demand a trial by jury? Then they have to pay the jurors, and then you're increasing the cost to the taxpayers. Even though it's the government that you know initiated the force here, and the government initiated the aggression, some people won't blame the state; they'll blame me for being you know the fact that you're being disobedient and demanding this jury trial is only going to, uh, you know, make it cost more for the taxpayers. It's, and that was the tri- uh, sort of attack they were going to take with you, Mark, with the, the, when you had sued the, the town that you lived in, or that you live in, uh, there was already sort of that suggestion that, hey, this is going to hurt the taxpayers. You shouldn't do this. Right. That Absolutely. That's what one of the, the uh, sort of opposing attorney uh, said. So I'm not, I'm not interested in, like, playing this out. I just, you know, want this to go away. And so if they want to find me guilty and throw me in a cage, then that'll just make my show more visible in that we'll get some press that we haven't gotten otherwise. We probably couldn't buy press like that. Uh, plus, a lot of people are going to see that, and they're going to say, wow, this is really outrageous. I'd like to be there to help out and do similar things. And hopefully, as uh, Lauren Canario and, and Russell Canning and some of the other disobedient activists up here have encouraged me to get active and to move here and to get here sooner rather than later, hopefully, if if something like that happens to me, and I'm hoping that I walk out of uh, court on Friday and we all go and hang out and have a good time. Uh, but if they do throw me in a cage, hopefully the, the results of that will be that more people will come here sooner rather than later and they'll they'll send the opposite message uh, from what they were intending to send. Yeah, we could all hope for that to be the least uh, benefit from the whole situation. And to a lot of people it may seem trivial, but I do personally uh, appreciate very much that you would take that stand, uh, even though it's just this Couch, it's really more than that. I mean, it's, it's property rights, is what it is. Yeah, it's completely invasive. It's telling you how to live with what's supposed to be your property. It's uh, it's insane. I, I I don't see how these people even feel good about coming to your house to tell you how to. I don't either. I don't know how they sleep at night. I really don't. I mean, how? I mean, not only the people that do the code enforcing, but this judge, who his job day in and day out is to put innocent, peaceful people behind bars. Yeah, there might be the occasional violent, you know, domestic abuse case that comes in front of him. But I've sat there and I've watched cases come in front of this guy, and it's, you know, it's drinking, it's drugs, it's nonviolent, peaceful offenses, time in and time out. And, I mean, the, just to have a job like that, that you go to work and you make people's lives miserable for a living, I don't know how you can do it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a twisted mindset. Well, you know, I'm glad you appreciate it, and I appreciate your call, Charlie. Any other thoughts? Uh, not to support or disparage the all-caps uh, scenario or the... Uh uh, the other one, I can't remember what it was, but the fellow called in earlier to 
with the end-all, be-all argument of that, that there was no contract uh, known to both parties that that would seal the deal and that being true, uh, they also readily enforce the federal income tax that there is no signed contract to both parties. Oh, yeah, parties. you're right. So, I mean, the, the feds, uh, the, co- the government people don't care if there's no contract. You're absolutely right. So there's, there's well, nothing right, so you can say that will get you out of them throwing you in a cage if that's what they have, a, you know, that's what they're looking to do. They'll be able to do it. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And I think one of the reasons why they haven't been doing it up here in New Hampshire with some of the activists is we we've brought you the success stories here uh, where activists have been, you know, let go and nothing is significant has happened to them as a result of driving without registration, speeding tickets. Uh, the, you know, nothing has happened to these guys. One of the reasons, I think, is because they're people paying attention. These aren't the average victims of the state. Usually the state goes after, you know, poorer people. They leave the rich alone because they understand the rich are going to hire lawyers and they're going to have a tough time going after them. So usually the state goes after the poorer people and they target them for, you know, possession of marijuana or whatever the crime is. And, of course, they don't have the money to fight it, so they just want the problem to go away. And they're willing to make a plea bargain and take whatever the deal is, the so-called deal is, just to just to make the situation go to, go away. And if they end up going in jail, the state people know that most people aren't. They're not going to care. They know that people aren't going to come visit them. They know that people aren't going to protest out in front of the prison. They know that people aren't going to be there in court to back them up, to stand behind them. They know that all, all this is the case. They go after the easy marks. And the fact is, these free, free staters and the New Hampshire Liberty activists, uh, many of them New Hampshire natives, in fact. Nick Ryder, uh, one of the people we mentioned, the guy that was uh, the speeding ticket case, he's a New Hampshire native. But the fact is, he's backed up by the Liberty activists. And if the Liberty activists are backing somebody up, the state people are are coming to learn that that means that it doesn't end when they put that person in a prison cell, that the, uh, the, the attention from the public, the, uh, the news media, uh, the calls to the jail, the calls to the judge, the calls to the court from people that don't even live in the area, people from all across the country making phone calls saying, free Lauren Canario, let our friend out of jail. They understand that that stuff is not going to end, and they don't want to deal with that stuff. They just want to put you in a cage and forget about you, but if they can't forget about you, Eh, then they might just leave you alone. If they're going to have a tough time doing what they do, they'll leave you alone. And that's what we've seen happen. And it'll happen more if more people come here and get active. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We will get your call in if you get it in now at 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com for as little as three bucks a month we take that money in and reinvest it into the show getting on more radio stations all around the country around the world bringing new internet listeners on board with the program as well and you get perks uh, sweeten the deal you get access to things like the amp only call in lines chat room forum and more get all the details and get signed up for as little as three bucks a month with any major credit card paypal or alternative options at amp.freetalklive.com as we continue here uh, with a story about near-death experiences, it looks like science is getting to the point where they're really going to be able to determine some interesting things about the stories that many people have been telling over the years. And certainly you've heard the stories. You know, Usually they involve 
some sort of tunnel of light or walking towards the light or yes. something like that. Distant light thing. A lot of people who have, uh, you know, maybe a medical condition where they'll actually die for a short period of time, medical death, uh, they'll actually die and they'll have very similar experiences. In fact, sometimes it stretches across uh, cultures as well. Uh, but let me get to the story here from the Newsmonster at newsmonster.co.uk. Jeanette Atkinson is surprisingly relaxed about the time she died and went to the edge of heaven. She says, I don't want to die again in the near future because I still have too much to do, but I have no fear of death. People see the pain and suffering of dying and equate that with death, but they're not the same. Death is the progression of life, says Jeanette, a 43-year-old student nurse from Eastbourne. She had a near-death experience in 1979 when she was just 18 years old. It was triggered by a blood clot, or when a blood clot in her leg broke up into seven pieces and clogged the main vessels in her lungs, starving her body of oxygen. The doctors were certain she would die. She did, and then returned to tell the tale. Uh, Jeanette said, the first thing I noticed was that the world changed. The light became softer but clearer. There was no pain. Uh, Suddenly, there was no pain. All I could see was my body from the chest downward, and I noticed that the time was 9 p.m. In an instant, I found myself looking at the ceiling. It was only a few inches away. I remember thinking it was about the time they cleaned the dust from the strip lights. Then I went on a little journey around the ward and along the corridor to see what the nurses were up to. One was writing on a notepad. It never occurred to me that I was dying. It was a lovely experience and very, very serene. Jeanette then began the journey that many others before her have reported, being drawn into a long, dark tunnel suffused with light. She says, everything went fuzzy. I found myself being drawn into a tunnel shaped like a corkscrew. All I wanted to do was reach the beautiful lights at the bottom. The longing was so powerful but so gentle. I knew I desperately wanted to be there, but then a voice bellowed at me. Come on, you silly old cow. It's not your time yet. I then shot back into my body. It's all a little unclear. All I can say is that I remember seeing the clock again, and it was 9.20. The next thing I was aware of was waking up a few days later, surrounded by equipment and feeling terrible. Later on, I realized the voice I'd heard was my grandmother's. She had died when I was three years old. For decades, near, uh, near-death experiences like Jeanette's have been written off as delusions by scientists. They're dismissed as no more than the last twitches of a dying brain. Modern science has no place for mysticism in the paranormal. But now, a group of British researchers are challenging the scientific establishment by launching a major study into near-death experiences. They hope to settle once and for all the question of whether there truly is life after death. We now have the technology and scientific knowledge to begin exploring the ultimate question, says Dr. Sam Parnia, the leader of the research team at London's Hammersmith Hospital. To be honest, I started off as a skeptic, but having weighed up all the evidence, I now think there's something going on. It's not possible to talk in terms of life after death. In scientific terms, we can only say there's now evidence that consciousness may carry on after clinical death. I'm interested in hearing what this evidence is. Our work will prove one way or the other whether a form of consciousness carries on after the body and the brain has died. Several scientific studies have suggested that the mind or the soul lives on after the body's died and the brain ceased to function. One study published in the prestigious Lancet Medical Journal found that one out of ten cardiac arrest survivors experienced emotions, visions, or lucid thoughts while they were clinically dead. In medical terms, they were flatliners or unconscious with no signs of brain activity, pulse, or breathing. About one in four people who have a near-death experience also have a much more profound and sometimes disturbing experience, such as watching doctors try and resuscitate their bodies. These out-of-body experiences often include seeing a bright light traveling down a tunnel, seeing their dead body from above, and meeting deceased relatives. Research in America has uncovered even more bizarre results. Blind people who underwent near-death experiences were able to see while they were dead. Even those who had been blind from birth 
They didn't experience perfect vision. Often it was out of focus or hazy, as if they were seeing the world for the first time through a thin mist. But the vision was sufficiently clear for them to watch doctors trying to resuscitate their clinically dead bodies. Dr. Parney has previously studied near-death experiences. Two years ago, his work was published in the uh, prestigious medical journal Resuscitation. Dr. Parney's team rigorously interviewed 63 cardiac arrest patients and discovered that seven had memories of their brief period of death. Although only four passed the Grayson scale, the strict medical criteria for assessing near-death experiences, these four recounted feelings of peace and joy. They lost awareness of their own bodies. Time speeded up. They saw a bright light and entered another world, encountered a mystical being, and faced a point of no return. According to modern medicine, all of these patients were effectively dead. Their brains had shut down, and no thoughts or feelings were possible. There was certainly no possibility of the complex brain activity required for dreaming or hallucinating. Parnia's initial trial was especially rigorous. He wanted to confound his critics before they could muster their arguments. To rule out the possibility that near-death experiences resulted from hallucinations after the brain had collapsed through lack of oxygen, he rigorously monitored the concentrations of the vital gas in the patient's blood. Crucially, none of those who underwent the experiences had low levels of oxygen. It was also able to rule out the claims that unusual combinations of drugs were to blame because the resuscitation procedure was the same in every case, regardless of whether they had a near-death experience or not. He says, arch skeptics will always attack our work, and I'm content with that. That's how science progresses. What's clear is that something profound is happening. The mind, the thing that is you, your soul, if you will, carries on after conventional science says it should have drifted into nothingness. Dr. Parnia says that every near-death experience is subtly different, but that they all share eight or nine key features, whatever the nationality, culture, or religion of the patient. These include intense feelings of calmness, traveling down a long, dark tunnel, being drawn into an intense, loving light, seeing your dead body from above, and meeting long-deceased relatives or friends. A few experience a brief form of hell, where they're drawn, petrified, into a dark, swirling well of bitterness, hatred, and fear. There are cultural differences in these experiences. Tribal people, for instance, may report paddling in a canoe down a long dark river for three days toward the sun, for example, rather than floating down a tunnel toward the light. The experience, whatever the cultural differences, usually have deep and long-lasting effects. It often leaves behind a legacy of profound spirituality and removes the fear of death. And uh, so, you know, the article goes on to talk about some of the, uh, the, you know, the ways that they're going to be doing these upcoming studies where they're really going to be able to nail this down. Is this some sort of, you know, bizarre quirk about the synapses firing a few times after the brain has actually died? Or is there something to the idea that the consciousness is just simply inhabiting a uh, a vessel, if you will, uh, for a short period of time, and then moves on to some other form. Uh, it, you know, is there something to this? Science is starting to look at this and say that there is. Now, there's more to the story. We don't have time to get into it. I'll put a link to it, uh, as I do with all the show prep on the Free Talk Live BBS. You're welcome to uh, to dig into this deeper. But suffice it to say, many scientists are coming to some interesting conclusions that, you know, 50 years ago, science never would have even come close to touching. And because of uh, the technology that we have today, they are able to monitor, you know, brain scans and, and things like that. They'll be able to really check this stuff out. And, of course, uh, uh, it'll be scientifically rigorously tested, and so we might have uh, come across some very interesting conclusions in the upcoming years or months. So, very interesting. I think it's very interesting. I, I you know, to me, it seems that it seems likely that there's some kind of life after death. That I, I don't believe what the Bible says uh, that you know people go to hell and heaven and stuff like that. But it it's what it seems like to me. But 
I, I know that the, the, the atheists are going to be, they're going to be pounding at this really hard. Uh, I don't know gonna... why the atheists would necessarily have a problem with this. I mean, an athe- as someone who's formerly an atheist, uh, the atheist just doesn't believe in a, in a god. Um, so to suggest that you couldn't continue on after death doesn't have anything to do with God, in my opinion, which is one of the reasons why it was so easy for me to transition from being an atheist into a pantheist, which essentially says that we are all, if you want to use the term God, that's what everything is. I mean, all that is is essentially the universe is God or whatever. There's no singular consciousness that created everything. They're just everything is and that's what it is. And, you know, if you can think, move on after death, that's I think not, a lot of the atheists out there are like the skeptic uh, version of the, there are a the lot atheist. of them. Yes, and, and those folks are look. If I can't, if we can't test it, it's not real. So it, I, they're, they're going to they're going to have to come real good. Their their uh, their evidence is going to have to be real good. Short on time. Uh, let's quick, go quick to Jamie in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live, Jamie. Hey, time to the show, fellas. Hey, dude, you've got about twenty seconds. I'm sure for the short time. Go ahead. All right. I was driving in Oklahoma, and apparently I can't turn left at a particular intersection, even though there's no traffic coming. And a government bureaucrat pulled me over, Gosh. started writing his tickets. Of course, I didn't say nothing to him. He said, do you know why I pulled you I over? I hope you can call us tomorrow night and give us some details. I thank you for the call. Out of time. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. That's something I... DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.